What is poppin' guys and girls? Welcome back to another episode of the Vegepreneur Podcast, a podcast for vegan entrepreneurs who want to change the world and build a mass movement around what they believe in. I'm your host, Oliver Zergis, but just call me Oz. And man, this is another midnight session. I'm currently recording this right now at 1 p.m., so I'm trying not to wake up the folks um, in this house. But besides the point, again, you have to put yourself in different situations to express creativity. I don't know how I'm expressing creative creativity right now. I'm currently really tired, but I really wanted to get this going. Super excited because guess what? We have John Venus on the show. He's actually the guy responsible for helping me go vegan two years ago. I remember binge watching his videos and now it's just a dream come true. Able to have him share his story on my podcast. We're going to dive deep into content creation because again, if you look at his content, 310k subscribers on YouTube, he has nailed it down efficiency wise, creativity wise, content wise. And we're going to dive deep into his process, identify exactly what he's doing so that you could take his formula and kind of make it your own and start getting on YouTube, getting on podcasts, getting on blogging, whatever your medium of learning and sharing is, and eventually grow a tribe like he's been able to do and kill it, kill a life, kill a legacy. Let's go. Yeah, um, that is a good question, and I wish I could answer in a very simple way because <laughs> I think it's just, you know, what, like before when I was growing up, I uh, did a lot of different sports. I um, did loads of different, um, you know, hobbies and that kind of stuff. I did skateboarding, swimming, uh, you know, judo, MMA, all kinds of stuff, and I always quit um, after a little while because either, you know, I, I wasn't the best in the world, so I was just like, ah, this isn't for me, I quit, or just because I, I lost interest. Um, so after a while, I decided that um, I would not, uh, you know, quit uh, any pursuits that I had again. Um, so around that time, I was already starting YouTube, so when I made that promise to myself, um, I had already started, so it was just about committing and just like, you know, for once, just sticking to, um, you know, a promise that I made myself. So it's kind of like, a, you know, a, a accountability with my, my own brain, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, it seemed to work. Um, definitely been ups and downs and breaks here and there, but, um, you know, overall, it's been very consistent and it's just been you know, me being fed up of quitting other things and just telling myself, you know, no more. Um, I'm going to go all out and uh, just sustain this and see this through. Do you recall a specific moment when you had that breakthrough to really say, I have to commit to this? I, I was just starting out on YouTube and I was working a separate job, uh, which was in a storage and fulfillment facility where... I was just carrying boxes around and uh, doing that kind of stuff, and uh, the the pay wasn't too good. Mm-hmm. And just one day, I just you know, I, I figured I uh, I was also listening to podcasts. It was like the my introduction to the uh, entrepreneurship <laughs> world and the podcasting world. So I was just like you know getting motivated while carrying those boxes around, and I was like, like um, was I'm, I'm sure there was a specific podcast or something. I'm not I can't re- recall right now, but mm-hmm. it was something um, that just clicked in my head and I was just like, you know, I need to do something with my life that is, um, you know, super, you know, great, something that I can be proud of because I've always had really big dreams and I've always known in my heart that I was going to do something massive and, you know, I I, I by no means 
have reached that in any way in from my perspective. I know from other people's perspective it's different, but um, for me, I've always had that hunger for something else, and um, it was just about getting that little, you know, um, motivation from a podcast or an ebook or whatever I was, um, you know, reading at the time. Um, I wish I could recall exactly the moment that happened, but it's it's been a while now, so I just can't remember. <laughs> I feel podcasts like veganism. As soon as you meet someone else that has that keyword associated to them, quote unquote. It's like instant like connection. You're like, ah, oh, you listen to a podcast, or ah, oh, you're a vegan man. We we, yeah. we understand. So like, I'm super interested now. Like, what what podcast are you specifically listening to right now? Um, right now, it kind of depends, but uh, Ritual is definitely one of them. Okay. Cool. Um, cool. The School of Greatness by Lewis House is one of them. Oh yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, Tim Ferriss is uh, <laughs> his stuff. Uh, um, and then, yeah, I think that's pretty much it, um, right now, like, I'm, I'm very big into audiobooks right now, so that's, uh, in the past year, I've just been consuming a ton of audiobooks, and not as much podcasts, but, uh, I always listen to the, uh, Ritual and, uh, Lewis House podcast, and, uh, Tim Ferriss one, if it's not too long. <laughs> I'm asking myself, like, because, of course, when you started on YouTube, there was, essentially no one or like maybe rich role on YouTube so I guess you were starting with essentially with a blank slate but do you recall any specific role models that really helped you and drove you in your journey? Yeah so I started my YouTube channel um, before I uh, switched to a plant-based diet and I went vegan Mm -hmm. so that was probably like around four five years ago I started but it was very inconsistent I was just putting up random stuff up there Um, and I was like super awkward in front of the cameras I was like whispering to the camera like really scared that someone in the streets was gonna look at me weird (laughs) Uh, just I don't know I I was kind of like self-conscious about it in the beginning so the vlogs just came out super awkward and weird and I didn't like it, so I didn't. I wasn't consistent with it. Um, but you know, I started with just like fitness and bodybuilding focused stuff because that, that's what I was. I just had developed a passion for it. And I guess the main guy that motivated me to start making more videos, or at least take my fitness to the next level and just like go all out and train as hard as I can, was uh, this guy called Greg Plitt. Um, so. I, uh, he had like a membership site, I joined that, and he had like, I don't know, a couple hundred videos on there, I consumed everything, and uh, that's what got me inspired to share my fitness journey, uh, but then again, you know, that kind of like, what I shared in the beginning uh, was not seen by anyone, it was, you know, 300 views uh, once in a while, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's really tough, it's a, definitely a, you know, a grind in the beginning to uh, to stand out. But, uh, yeah, I'd say my main uh, motivation to at least pursue the fitness stuff was definitely Greg Blitz, um, who was, at the time, um, uh, the most popular fitness model uh, in the industry. Uh, he passed away a couple years ago, but... I think it's super relevant that you bring that up, the fact that when you're starting, you're a bit shy, you're a bit awkward in the camera. I know that was my barrier to entry, and as soon as I hit that, that kind of hurdle, I completely stopped YouTube, and I like I'm definitely considering going back into. But I think it's super relevant for the younger people who want to get onto YouTube. To mm-hmm. that's uh, like the hardest barrier I feel. So, do you remember like what really got you over that specific belief of not being awkward, not caring what other people think? 
Yeah, it's funny because, like you say, it's, yeah, you know, if people saw my videos back then, there would be like, no way this guy has ever a chance of developing a YouTube channel with uh, any sort of following, you know, this guy's doomed, he's, you know, he's going to end up working at McDonald's or something. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's it, like anything, like any skill, there is uh, always a room for massive improvements. And I don't consider myself a, a natural camera person. A lot of people now come up to me and say how inspired they are by, uh, you know, the way I'm in front of the camera, uh, the way I do, uh, you know, public speaking and that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's definitely not where I started. I started as probably... I don't know, I haven't really seen anyone as bad as I've been, you know, in the beginning. I was just like, you know, next level, you know, super shy, you know, yeah, absolutely horrible content. And, um, yeah, what got me over that was probably just, well, one, it was just practicing. You know, I just pumped out videos even though no one was watching it. So just with the practice itself, um, it kind of developed in terms of, you know, using my voice uh, properly rather than whispering and um, looking at the right place in the camera, being more friendly, um, and just like being more real. Because in the beginning, it's really easy to just be like robotic and automatic and just like as if you're doing a school presentation or something. Uh -huh. um, so I guess just the practice and consistency got me over that. And in terms of the fear of looking weird with a camera walking around London, <laughs> you know, that was just, um, yeah, also just doing it enough times so that you don't care, um, basically. So you have to push through it. You're not going to all of a sudden you know, sit down and, you know, realize that, ah, oh, it's no big deal. You have to actually do the work and uh, persist through those those hurdles to come out the other side a better vlogger or a uh, public speaker or whatever. So it's just about pushing through it and just continuing. Yeah, I feel there's a lot of talk, a lot of promotion about following your gut feeling, but at the same time, that gut feeling is rooted with with actions that you've done over and over that create essentially that comfort zone. So sometimes you have to get over that initial phase of essentially sucking at what you do to become yeah. like you are. Like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, there, there are so many people who are, um, you know, amazing bloggers, amazing, um, you know, public speakers. And uh, I was talking to a, a friend of mine called um, uh, James Aspie a couple months ago um, uh, in Bali, and I was asking him, after his speech, which was amazing, I was really surprised, and um, um, I really, really liked how he presented and how natural he was. And I just asked him, like, were you always this good, or you know, how how have you developed the, these uh, skills? And he also uh, told me that you know he started off with uh, you know super uh, you know quiet, awkward kind of presence, and uh, just developed over time. And you know, after hundreds of speeches, that's uh, you know how he's become the public speaker that he is now and uh it's just it just goes to prove that um you know repetition is is key man it's just about the repetition relentless repetition and at first what was your creative process because i guess another barrier is knowing what to post out there because maybe it was a bit easier i don't want to jump the gun i have no idea how it was but I guess right now it's a lot more saturated, there's a lot more fitness people, so it's a bit, little bit harder to find your specific niche and know what to post to make it unique to yourself and still relevant. So do you remember your creative process, how you planned your your videos essentially throughout the week? Yeah, so, you know, my my kind of journey has been a bit unusual because 
you know, I'm a super lazy person. Like I, I, I would watch Netflix and, and uh, chill all day if I could. <laughs> you know, I, I, I enjoy just, you know, relaxing and um, just having a good time. And, you know, that's my top priority, just having a good time. And for me, I've I kind of things happen in a way that made it possible for me to build a following without me having to, you know, work super hard because, um, you know, like you said, I was very early in the um, social media game, especially in the plant-based scene, and there was absolutely no one doing it at the time. I think Vegan Games was just starting out or something, and Ritual was doing podcasts, but no YouTube videos. Um, so it was, you know, the competition was minimal. There was no one else doing it, which allowed my content, no matter how often or uh, infrequently I, po uh, I posted, uh, people would be able to find it. Uh, through the YouTube algorithms because, you know, people search fitness and veganism or vegan fitness or vegan bodybuilder. And uh, since there weren't that many other people doing it, uh, my content just got um, promoted or sent to these uh, people, uh, which was not something that I was expecting at all. You know, I did not go to, I didn't switch to a plant-based lifestyle to, you know, do a, get a famous YouTube channel or something like that. So it was just, it just happened without me even realizing it and without me having to uh, put in those long hours and, you know, plan and schedule and that kind of stuff. But, you know, once I got traction, that's when I realized, okay, well, there is something here. Um, there's not much competition. Um, there's a lot of potential for this. It seems like there are a lot of <laughs> vegans in the world, contrary to my belief at the time, <laughs> that, or, or at least people who are interested in a more plant-based lifestyle. So then I, I started structuring my, uh, you know, uh, my video upload schedule a little bit more. I was just like trying to do three videos a week, no matter what days it was. So I was just like, I committed to three videos and uh, I just uploaded whenever I felt like it, um, basically. So, um, yeah, that's it, it's it, it's not as romantic as <laughs> as you think. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty random. Um, it wasn't planned. It wasn't you know, something that I really, really had to grind and work super hard for. Um, I, I'd say I work probably 10 to 20 times harder now than I did when I started out. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's kind of the opposite for most people because you have to put in the work and grind to see results. Uh, but for me, it was the opposite. I, I just, I didn't grind, I didn't put in a lot of effort, but, and then I saw results and then started grinding and putting in effort after that, so... It's a bit of a different situation to what most people um, face. But I really admire that you're able to say that because I think there's still a very large element of truth where so many so many young entrepreneurs, and it's not them to blame, but they're, they're just trying to grind, they're trying to put in the hours, expecting that the more hours you put in, the more results you're going to get back. And sometimes the best way to go about it is, is efficiency and just putting the less work in yeah. to get the most output. And I think that is great that you experienced that early on. Yeah, exactly. Efficiency is, it's like, it's what I live by. It's its all about efficiency. It's about doing the least work for the most uh, kind of like reward. And that's just how I, I operate. I'm not a guy who could, you know, work for 18 hours a day for, a, I don't know, for like a minimum pay job or whatever. Like there is no way I would, I would probably prefer just being a homeless person or something. <laughs> like I, I'm just not wired that way. Mm -hmm. So it definitely like, 
um, for like efficiency is is like the the biggest part of of my work life. I just try to to do everything as efficiently as possible. Um, you know, on YouTube, uh, when it comes to editing as well, I've developed some mad skills that allows me to edit. You know, one tenth of the time that someone else does. Mm-hmm. Um, same with business and uh, coaching and all kind of stuff. It's all about efficiency and working less and getting more out of it. I definitely want to get back to efficiency. That seems like a really, really interesting um, point that you bring up. But following the story, once you started committing, once you started posting more re- regularly, was there any major struggle that you started facing that made you doubt yourself? Um, no, the, the the struggle and what made like the doubts came before my uh, YouTube channel started picking up. So mm-hmm. uh, at that time, I was studying in uh, university or college or whatever you want to call it, um, in London, I was studying uh, film production and direction because I wanted to be a a film producer or a director. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was kind of like balancing the two things, and I really didn't know uh, which way to go, if I was going to go all out in in the uh, film industry or if I was going to go all out and try to, you know, have a fitness uh, channel on YouTube and, you know, help people get muscles or whatever. So it's kind (laughs) of like... It was a really weird situation, and at one point when I stopped, when I graduated um, from college, uh, I, I sent my applications, my CVs to every single um, uh, film production company out there in the UK, uh, and you know in the USA as well, and even in Canada. And I, yeah, I, I, I think I probably sent like 50, uh, 50 CVs to fifty different companies, and. None of them got back to me. None of them wanted to, uh, you know, hire someone who um, didn't have a relationship to someone else. So, like, in the film industry in specific, it's all about networking and connections. And I didn't have that because I wasn't really uh, committed to the (laughs) film industry life because I was kind of torn between that and uh, health and fitness and that kind of stuff. So, at that point, it was a very confusing time. I didn't know which way to go, and that made me a little bit... I wouldn't say doubt myself because I've always had like a like extremely high self levels of uh, self belief, but uh, it, it really made me question like what the hell am I doing? You know, I I had to reconsider like my whole life and try to come up with a better plan because uh, these things are not working out. Um, but luckily, that changed um, after uh, the YouTube channels started picking up, and I uh, <clears throat> kind of got passionate about it, and that's how it went. So video production kind of started off reaching out to 50 companies and kind of flowed back into YouTube. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's sick. That's yeah, sick. it's funny because, you know, in the film industry, like, I, I could probably get a job if I just continued uh, asking for it. And I, I did get some people saying, you know, you can prob- I can probably get you a job as a uh, PA or production assistant, which basically means you're just running around getting coffees to people, to, you know, so-called important people. And just being a slave, basically, like no money, no no pay, and I really didn't want that because I don't know. I have I've always had issues uh, with you know following orders and being uh, at the bottom of the of the food chain. I, I just like I don't do well with that kind of stuff. So I, I had this un, unrealistic expectation of you know becoming a best-selling director or whatever it's called, like straight away. Um, so you know that realization 
you know, taught me a lot about how the fit, uh, the film industry works, how the just the business world in general works. Like, no one's going to give you a job as a CEO immediately after you graduate business school. And, um, you know, that was just something that I had to realize. And once I did, you know, I just decided to do my own thing. And um, luckily, that was still somewhat related to what I've learned during film school. And I was able to um, you know, kind of use a few of those skills at least to, um, to, to my advantage. Not much because I was doing more uh, production and the business side of things and direction where I was just telling actors what to do and kind of like looking at the story structure and uh, of films. So not much editing or filming at all. So all of that I had to learn from scratch when starting YouTube. And you mentioned monetization. If you listen to Tim Ferriss, you probably heard him already say that if you're starting a podcast or any, if you're starting on any content-based platform, you should probably postpone monetization just to grow your skill. Do you feel it was the same thing for you, or did you try to monetize it straight off the bat? How did you go about it? Yeah, look, I, uh, <laughs> I initially, I, I, everything I do, I start for the wrong reasons. Um, so I wanted to be a film director to, you know, make super famous films that I, I could have my name on, and I uh, wanted to do fitness YouTube to, you know, inspire millions of people to get in shape and get recognized for the work that I put in. So in terms of monetization, uh, you know, that was already like when I started YouTube, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do YouTube just, you know, to to be able to get a, a lot of extra cash and, you know, just have a good life. Um, so I had that mindset of monetizing immediately, which was absolutely horrible. My mindset at the time was, you know, really, really bad. Um, but, you know, this was so long ago, like it was just when I was <clears throat> in college and, um, you know, you learn as you grow and uh, you grow up and <laughs> you realize how the world works. And obviously um, it's not about uh, the money. It's not about monetizing everything and trying to get as m squeeze the lemon and, you know, try to get as much cash as possible for everything that you're doing. But that was my mindset initially. So I started, um, you know, trying to sell coaching with, you know, when I had like five subscribers, I was like, buy my programs, they're amazing. And obviously that didn't work out at all. Um, so what I did in the end, I just, when I realized that that stuff uh, didn't work, I, I it was a wrong reason to do things. I started, you know, giving out free uh, meal plans and that kind of stuff. So I, I probably made, I don't know, several hundred uh, free meal plans for a ton of people uh, just to you know, get attention for my services. And then only after that, I started charging, um, which was probably about like six months, a year later or something. But I feel when you come to to projects and you see all the big projects that were ever made, it seems like they always started for the wrong reasons. They always started from an internal struggle that you were trying to create either self-acceptance, either financial-wise. So I feel it's still super relevant that you're able to bring that up. And I definitely, definitely relate with that. Yeah, and I, I think it's one of those things that a lot of people don't want to talk about because it sounds selfish and people don't want to come across as selfish and, you know, whatever, self-centered or, you know, um, trying to just do things for the, you know, quote-unquote wrong reasons. But, you know, what, there are a million different ways of doing things and you have to find an internal motivation that works for you specifically because all, we're all different and we take for different things. So you just got to find whatever kind of like, you know, method and, um, you know, you have to find a fire that, you know, burns for you. And uh, for me, it was, yeah, initially it was, you know, trying to make a lot of money. And then I realized it was about helping people instead. And that's what um, kind of like that's the direction I ended up taking. And um, right now, 
I'd say I, uh, yeah, I've gotten a little bit more uh, into, well, quite a lot more into business side of things rather than just helping people. So it's kind of like been a bit of a journey back to, uh, you know, more business focus and, uh, you know, earning a good income to sustain a, a happy lifestyle with uh, my family, basically. So it's it's funny how things kind of like change and, and, and turn and, and that kind of stuff as time goes along. So, yeah, it, it's it's definitely... Um, different for everyone. You mentioned uh, efficiencies earlier, and that's a topic I'm super, super fond of. Is there any, right now, any ninja tricks that you would be able to share with us for people who are starting on a YouTube channel to make, make their process more efficient? Mm, I mean, yeah, like scheduling and, uh, you know, having... Uh, the videos that you want to make uh, planned out in advance is going to help a lot. And this is something that I uh, recommend, but it's not something that I practice myself <laughs> because <laughs> I'm still at that kind of like lazy mindset of just doing whatever feels right whenever I feel like doing things. Um, but it's starting to change because I think, um, you know, now, now there is a lot more competition. Now there is a lot more um, videos on YouTube of, uh, you know, all kinds of different channels and it's, it's becoming oversaturated. So I feel like to stay on top, it definitely requires you to uh, up your game and be a lot more careful with your planning and uh, just have things a lot more planned, basically. So, uh, you know, and for me now, I try to come up with the topics and, and um, video titles <clears throat> a little bit in, in advance. Um, so I just started that like a couple of weeks ago, basically. So it's a very new process for me. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I know people who have huge, huge successful uh, YouTube channels with millions of, uh, I don't know, like 10 to 20 to 30 million views a month. Uh, and they all just, you know, they, they plan their videos ahead of time. They take really, really good care about, you know, uh, making the thumbnails right and clickables, uh, researching what makes a thumbnail good, researching what kind of titles uh, work, what titles don't work, and then just you know, con constantly, you know, grinding away and, and testing different things to find whatever works. Um, so, yeah, that, that is just something that I'm, um, I've kind of done, you know, very, very loosely in the past, but it's something that I've picked up a lot more recently um, because I've um, kind of decided to take things to the next level uh, on uh, social media. So um, let's see if I, uh, you know, with the, like all out <laughs> effort, if, if it works or, if if I uh, if it requires me to actually be lazy and uh, not actually try to to make this happen, but we'll see. Yeah, but I guess there's also a balance, right? Because that's still who you are, and I think people really relate yeah. to what you're doing. So again, there's different ways of going about it. But I don't, I feel the way you're doing it right now is killing it, and you're still able to reach out to so many people. Yeah, no, I uh, I'm super happy and thankful for everything um, that has happened in terms of social media and that kind of stuff like without social media i would i have no idea what i'll probably be doing some sort of entrepreneurship thing anyway because i have to be uh doing my own stuff and i can't be doing a 95 job it's just not something that i've um <laughs> you know i've ever been able to imagine myself doing when i was a kid i told my parents that i would never have a job because i just don't want to sit in an office all day and and doing boring stuff um, so yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's super weird how, how, uh, social media has changed my life and it's, it's just amazing to see how, how, you know, just a camera and a few words that you say into it can impact 
people's lives. I mean, I get these messages and uh, emails all the time about <clears throat> people having completely turned their lives around and people coming up to me in, um, uh, you know, events and expos with tears and, you know, thanking me for what I've done. And that is not something that I, I like ever expected to happen. But yeah, it's just, I don't know, <laughs> it's kind of emotional. <laughs> I don't remember those moments, but it's really cool. It's just amazing what the internet has done for the business world and for, you know, communication and spreading different uh, messages for, yeah, depending on whatever, like whatever people are interested in. You can find any information nowadays and it's just amazing. Oh yeah, if you've made it this far, guys and girls, thank you so much for being part of the Vegepreneur gang from the bottom of my heart. Whatever time it is right now for you guys, whether you're going to work, going to school, going to kill it, or maybe it's just really early morning, like right now, 11.20 a.m. Just want to invite you to like the podcast, follow the podcast, interact with the podcast. If you can leave me a review, that would be amazing. It makes me happy. It keeps the podcast alive, gets way more people knowing about what we're doing over here at the Vegepreneur Podcast. We can inspire more people, grow a community like you guys are doing. Again, if you do want to follow me on Instagram, at Vegepreneur. If you do want to follow John Venus on Instagram, it's at John Venus. But I do invite you to go check out his YouTube channel. Without further ado, enjoy your day. Make sure that you do write down anything that you've learned inside this episode so you, that you can take massive action to better your life, grow that community that you deserve, and inspire millions. Peace.